This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that tackles issues affecting your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and with all the attention focused on COVID-19 over the past year, don't let influenza season catch you unawares. Lydia Watson, MD, is the Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer at MidMichigan Health. Health Dose asked Dr. Watson just how does the flu vaccine work? What the flu vaccine does once it's administered, so there's two ways to administer. One is by intramuscular injection, so that's the shot in your arm, or by a nasal spray. And what it does is triggers your body to form antibodies against the virus. And then if your body is introduced to the virus after you have mounted that antibody response, your body recognizes the virus and is able to fight it off because it's got the antibodies to do so. And so a lot of people want to know, well, what is it in the injection or the nasal spray that actually developed the antibodies? And so there's a couple of different ways to make an immunization. One is to take killed or inactivated virus and actually inject that as part of the immunization. Or the other way to develop an antibody response is to take proteins from the virus or pieces from the deactivated virus and inject that. The nasal spray is a little bit different. It actually does have something called live attenuated virus, which is the virus itself, but it has been degraded and weakened. And so when that is administered, because it's a weakened part of the virus, it still triggers the antibody response without causing flu symptoms. But if you say, gosh, I like the idea of having nasal spray, but you have perhaps some type of immune compromised disorder, okay, you wouldn't want to get even a weak attenuated vaccine because then you might actually have real flu from even that weakened virus. But otherwise, healthy patients can do that. They're equally effective. They're both safe if you're a candidate for that immunization. So there are certain people, an elderly patient that has cancer shouldn't get the nasal spray because their immune system is compromised and they may actually get the virus from it, okay? But some people prefer the nasal spray because it's not an injection. And so it's an easier way to administer the vaccine. But after you get the vaccine, whether it's the injection or the nasal spray, and those antibodies start to develop, it usually starts to mount a protective response in two to six weeks. And so one of the reasons that we recommend that you start getting vaccinated in the September, early October through end of October timeframe is, is that then your body would have had enough time to mount that antibody response by the time flu season typically hits full blast which tends to be end of the year, January, February time frame. Who should be vaccinated? Really, with rare exception, everyone greater than six months old should receive the vaccination. I'm an obstetrician. Even pregnant women uh, need to be vaccinated. That's protective for them during pregnancy, as well as for the baby in the first six weeks after birth. We hear anecdotal evidence all the time about people who got sick after they got the flu vaccine, and I'm not even sure everybody knows the difference between a cold, the influenza, and the stomach virus. Does the flu vaccine actually work? The flu vaccine does 
work. The question is always, have we matched the vaccination to the virus that's going to show up every year? So what the research scientists do is track the virus as it moves across the world each year and looks to see literally what's headed our way. And then once we identify those strains, we try to make the vaccine to be protective against the most likely three or four viruses, the influenza viruses that are circulating out there. So part of how effective the flu vaccine is, is do we have a good match? If we have a good match, then it is very effective and it is particularly effective in young patients like children as well as healthy adults. Older adults may not have as much of a robust antibody response just because their immune systems are older and it takes a little more time and ability to mount the same response. So they may be at slightly higher risk of having a flu vaccine that doesn't work. But in general, the more number of people that get vaccinated, including children and pregnant women and the elderly, the less likely we are to see people getting sick, hospitalized, and dying from influenza. Why do some people get sick with the seasonal flu, even though they've gotten the vaccination? So it could be that they did not yet have that two to six weeks worth of time to produce the antibody response. So if I got the vaccination today, but I'm exposed to the flu tomorrow, I'm probably still going to get the flu because I haven't had enough time for my immune system to work yet. The other thing is, like I just mentioned, the flu vaccine is not perfect. And so there is a chance that you may still be exposed to the flu and get the flu, but if you had the vaccine, you are still less likely to have significant symptoms less likely to need to be admitted into the hospital or have some of those major complications because of it. So if a person contracted something that looked like flu symptoms after they got the flu vaccine, it wasn't necessarily because they got the flu vaccine. They may have been exposed before the flu vaccine was able to ramp up and and be effective. Correct. Or it could be a different virus. You know, even, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about COVID and flu at the same time, but There are going to be other seasonal viruses out there, too, and we're already seeing in the hospital people coming in with cough, shortness of breath, fever, and it's not influenza or COVID. It's some other common virus that causes those similar symptoms. When we get the vaccination, there is the potential to have some side effects from the vaccination, and a side effect would be redness or soreness around the ejection site, for example. But you also can have some symptoms of your body's antibody response mounting as well. So if you feel a little nauseated or feel a little achy, that isn't because you got the flu vaccine. It's because it's your body now trying to develop that antibody response. But to be clear, the flu vaccine will not give me the flu. That's correct. You will not get the flu from the flu vaccine. Shouldn't our healthcare system be more focused on COVID-19 than influenza? Well, we certainly need to be focused on COVID-19, but we need to be focused on influenza as well, because if we believe 
that since we're already masking and practicing social distancing and doing hand hygiene, that that's going to protect us from the flu. So we don't need to get the vaccination. The risk is that if flu hits us and it's a bad season, then there are a couple of things that are, are going to happen. We could overwhelm our system with not only trying to take care of our COVID patients, but now have to take care of flu patients on top of it. And there is a major overlap in symptoms too. So the cough, the shortness of breath, the fever, the achiness, the congestion, runny nose, all of those are symptoms that overlap. Probably the only symptom that is unique to COVID is losing your sense of smell and taste. But other than that, all the other symptoms could be one or the other or even both. So you potentially, if you have influenza, your system's going to be trying to fight off the flu and you may be more prone and susceptible to COVID because of it and vice versa. If you have COVID, your immune system is going to be compromised trying to fight the COVID. You're going to be more likely to get the flu. And we know for a fact that you can get both viruses at the same time if you're exposed to both. So even when COVID first started earlier in the year in March and April, we had a handful of patients that tested positive for both. And so again, it's important to be just as focused on influenza as it is on COVID. We don't want to overwhelm our hospitals with both COVID and influenza patients that need ICU beds and ventilators and intense therapy. One of our goals with COVID was to flatten that curve so we could take care of the patients that needed to be taken care of and we need to still keep that in focus. How is it possible to tell the difference between the symptoms of the flu and the symptoms of COVID? And do we even need to tell? Does it even matter? Yeah, you really, you really cannot tell unless you've got that lack of smell or lack of taste, and then it would be much more likely to be COVID. But if you come in with any of those symptoms, and if you have symptoms, we do recommend that you call your primary care physicians. And if you don't have a primary care physicians to consider being seen in the urgent care or through one of our televisit hubs to be screened and most likely you will need to be tested at one of the testing centers and we will be testing for both COVID and flu regardless of what your symptoms are because there's just as much chance as the other that it could be one versus the other. And those tests will definitively determine which of those two are, are in play or if neither of them are. That's correct. That is correct. But in terms of a clinician's treatment of the symptoms is there a way that do you treat them differently oh that that's a really good question you really don't treat them differently because the first line response is always symptomatic treatment you know so tylenol or advil to take care of the aches and fever pushing fluids bed rest that type of thing where there may be a difference is once you get admitted into the hospital if you're sick enough to be in an intensive care unit You've heard about remdesivir, which is the antiviral treatment that's being used for COVID. You might go down a different path once you need to have those more aggressive forms of treatment, including the antiviral medications, 
potential things like convalescent plasma, which we have been able to do in our organization, that would only be for COVID. So some of those things would just be for COVID. You know, I think it's important to remember that a lot of people get influenza every year despite having great vaccination programs. Since 2015, influenza, which remember is potentially lethal, just like COVID, influenza has caused between 280,000 to 800,000 hospitalizations each year in the United States. 23,000 to 61,000 die every year from influenza. Again, potentially preventable by getting vaccines. And in Michigan, this is alarming to me, the rate of vaccination of children 18 and younger over the last several years has dropped by 20%. So last year, less than half of our kids were vaccinated in the state of Michigan. So there is a huge push this year again, to try to improve our vaccination rates. I will tell you that we as healthcare providers at MidMichigan Health require flu vaccines of all of our employees, unless you have a good reason to be excluded and then you have to mask for the entire season. Our vaccination rate last year amongst all of our employees across the system was 93%. So we're practicing what we preach, and we are really hopeful that this year in particular, people will not stop from getting the flu vaccine just because of everything else that's going on with COVID. That is MidMichigan Health Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Lydia Watson. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org doctors. And if you'd like more information on the flu vaccine, you can go to cdc.gov slash flu slash prevent slash keyfacts.htm. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in again soon for another edition of Health Dose.